Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Katie's Crib, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Katie's Crib. Today, we are discussing bum, 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 allergies. When you have a new baby, you're super scared of an allergy attack, just always. And not even like a baby, even when they're like older. You're just constantly scared of allergy attacks, always. From the get-go, people are giving you advice of what diapers, detergent to use, body lotions, and then forget about it when they start eating food. Um, Once we get into nuts and eggs and shellfish and you hear stories about kids' throats closing, and it's basically just complete alarmist, insane fear all the time, or at least that's how I felt. Also, my husband is literally allergic to everything. Like when you do those little prick things, the 50 things on your back, 48 of his rise up, but none of his are the death ones, but they're all, all, like he's basically allergic to every single fruit and vegetable and whatever. So I was convinced when I had my son, like he was going to be the most allergic kid on the planet. Um, So here to bless us with their expertise and ease my anxiety and hopefully uh, some of you all out there listening is Dr. Trisha Lee and my dear friend and fellow mom and lawyer, 
Julie Feldman. Um, Dr. Trisha Lee is an adult and pediatric allergist and immunologist. She's board certified with the American Board of Pediatrics and the American Board of Allergy and Immunology. Her research has included clinical trials in asthma and food allergy, and she has published articles and presented at national meetings about immune deficiency, food allergy, and infectious disease. Julie is a super fancy entertainment lawyer who has two little <laughs> girls who do both face serious allergies. And um, she's been in this world as a mom for a few years now. Um, so, Julie, let's start with you. Talk to me about your two daughters, their ages, differences, and what they're allergic to and what were their initial symptoms, which I can repeat those questions back if there were too many at once. <laughs> okay. So I have two girls. Alexandra, who we call Allie, is my older one, mm-hmm. and she's three now. And my baby, Isabella, who we call Izzy, is 16 months. And they're cute. <laughs> Not you. that that matters, but let me tell you, getting the picture of the two of them Anytime is a gift. So what are they both allergic to? Dr. Trisha Lee is Julie's doctor, who, allergist, who, who has, has saved her life. Who has saved my life on so many occasions and my emotional stability on so many <laughs> occasions. So they are both allergic to eggs and peanuts, and Isabella is also allergic to oats. But, oh, my God. I can't. But they're also, which makes it more complicated, allergic differently. So my older one, Allie, her allergies are kind of what you think of your throat closing, anaphylaxis, you know, typical allergies Mm -hmm. um, that most people are afraid of. Isabella has a, what I understand to be like pretty uncommon or, you know, more rare digestive, but very serious allergy, where when she eats her trigger foods, she'll start throwing up to the point where her body kind of may not be able to balance itself. So she needs, um, she Ooh, might need an IV. So many goosebumps right now, even with this. I mean, this is crazy. So she, if she throws up that much, it's like rush to the hospital correct. IV situation. Exactly. Call Dr. Lee, go to the emergency room. I was in an ambulance. Which it just happened. Right. I was going to say two weeks ago, I was in an ambulance. I don't think I even told you this. I was in what? An, My eyeballs just became saucers. I was in an ambulance on the way to the ER because Izzy had a bad reaction. And this is when we confirmed that she is also has this allergy. The acronym for it is FPIES. Um, but she has an allergy to peanuts as well. So, <laughs> and Everyone so her her allergy breath. is also it happens. It's a delayed reaction. So allies happen immediately after you eat the food. Izzy's are about two hours after is when so she that's starts getting hard sick. to name then what it is because you in movies it's like the kid eats the peanut and it's like we're in the emergency room we're dying right. but like for her to have a delayed reaction that must be hard to do an elimination sort of diet and figure out. What the triggers are? Especially since there's no testing for this type of allergy. So you can do skin tests and blood tests for the anaphylactic type allergies. So when you think you might have something, you go to Dr. Lee, she tests them all, she figures it all out, and then she tells you what to avoid. For FPIs, there's no test. You basically have to eat foods, trial it for depending on the food, like a you know, several days to a few weeks to mm-hmm. see if you start having an issue from it. And the other thing for that is that the some of the more common foods for FPIs allergies are not ones that you would think about. So chicken and rice and banana and avocado are and all oat. and oats are all really high risk foods. Oh my so they don't God. fall into the you what know dairy, they? eggs, peanuts oh category God. you normally think of. Um, what was um, the first symptom you saw with? Um, 
I'm trying. I'm like, which way do we want to go first? I'm like, you're older or you're younger? Which, by the way, well, when you had Izzy, I was like, this kid isn't going to have any allergies because she was put through such a ringer with your first. And I was like, what I said, you right. did. You're like, you're done. You're like, you're done. You did it. Like, you survived. And now we have number two who has a lot of allergies and they're different. Right. So, so Allie, it's funny because we went to, we sat at a coffee shop across the street from an emergency room to give Allie peanut butter for the first time because I'm just type A anxious person that and a great wanted, lawyer. It makes you a great lawyer. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> and it also makes me, you know, a, a difficult wife and, you know, a mom who's really, <laughs> like, so who's I, sitting across the street right, from an emergency so I, room right. giving peanuts for the first time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I dragged my husband with me. Didn't give her a whole lot, but she was fine. Like it was everyone just thought I was up that's Julie you know she overreacted Mm -hmm. and then a few you know she had that a few more times and things seemed to be okay we introduced eggs she seemed to be okay with eggs she then had a few hives or like like sort of a rash that were like hmm what is this and again it wasn't the first time she had had eggs so we didn't know we gave her egg whites thinking that egg whites were less, you know, allergic, allergic rash, <laughs> yeah. complete opposite. Most people who have egg allergies are more allergic to the egg white than to the egg yolk. Who so the I, hell knows that? We just <laughs> learned that here on Katie's Crib, folks. Exactly. So there you go. I messed that up. And that's when Allie's face started blowing up. Her eyes were getting swollen. Her lips were getting swollen. So we rushed over to the doctor, got Benadryl. She kind of settled down from there. Mm-hmm. But after that was when I went over to Dr. Lee. We also had been avoiding dairy just because she had had some digestive issues and really bad reflux. And so we didn't know if she had a digestive allergy to dairy or if there could also be something more of an anaphylaxis dairy allergy. Mm -hmm. Allie did outgrow her dairy allergy right before she turned three. Now, Dr. Trisha Lee, Mm -hmm. do you normally meet moms and their kids when we're at this sort of crisis mode? Um, does it vary? When do they come to you? So normally it's after the first reaction. And mm-hmm. for some of those families, it takes them into the emergency room. And the emergency room physician will say, okay, now you need to see an allergist. Or if they had not even taken them to the emergency room, just to the general pediatrician's office, then they will be referred to the allergist. Mm-hmm. Um, very rarely am I seeing um, sort of a new diagnosis before the first reaction. Um, nowadays, with sort of new recommendations and push to get children in tested early in introduction, a lot of these high-risk kids, meaning moderate to severe eczema, will be sent before they've even eaten anything. I see. Right. So there's also the kids that are having crazy skin stuff happening before they've even eaten solid foods. Right. And exactly. those babies so are coming to you. So sometimes I'll see four, eight-week-olds, and then we're not really doing food testing at that time. Um, it's really probably not accurate until close to four months old, um, but sort of following along there. So sometimes we're capturing it before they actually eat it. Um, but most of the time, my suggestion is to, to eat the food and and then sort of go from there. The problem with skin testing is it's not perfect. You can get a lot of false positives. For example, if you go to local mall, 10% of the people have a positive test of peanut, but they eat it and they're fine with it. So testing is just not 100% accurate. And so you can end up with a lot of false positives um, sort of unknowingly, unfortunately. I feel like when we were kids, they would wait a while to test it. Now there's all these new stuff saying, like, give them small doses before even the age of one. Right, exactly. And that was actually um, probably part of the problem. In the United States, when food allergy increased in the United States was when the AAP had recommended delay and introduction of these foods. Great. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Part of the reason is um, more from a choking hazard perspective in the sense of, like, nut. You're not going to feed a four-month-old a nut 
But nowadays, with nut butters and nut powders, it, it's much easier to accomplish. Um, a lot of times, I'm hoping to even capture that family before the first introduction. Um, so now there's some data to support sort of moisturization. So from day one of life to moisturize head to toe. Um, with every what, like single a nut day. butter? No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining a one-week-old being slathered in peanut butter. That's not what you mean. No. Okay. Um, Glad you clarified. <laughs> <laughs> so what do they do? So more like a cream or Vaseline, just what you would moisturize your skin with. And the concept is, that, or the hope even, is that if we can prevent sort of eczema starting and progressing, then maybe we could prevent this progression into um, food allergy. Mm. Um, even to the extent of um, a, a little bit of data to support that if you touch an allergen with your hands, so like if you were eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, to so then not directly touch your kid's skin, um, there is a high hypothesis out there that um, these kids are seeing allergens through their skin first as opposed to through their gut, and then they're forming an abnormal reaction. So in the reverse sense as well, so not putting foods on the skin. So um, in England, um, some of their food allergy increased after they started using things like coconut oil and yeah. eczema. So until the kid is eating the food, I don't really um, prefer food products on the skin. Got it. But from there, with food introduction, I think early. So, is what do you the recommend on people's skin first? Like Aquaphor? I like Vaseline. Vaseline, yeah. So, Vaseline hardcore. is like one Love product, it. and I did you know, no one's allergic to it. I did baby CeraVe cheap. cream. Yeah, great. Yep, CeraVe, Vanny Cream are good brands. Um, even Aquaphor, though, has Not lanolin good. in it. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> and damn so for it. some kids who have okay, eczema, Vaseline. it can be an issue. Oh, yes, huh, I'm so glad you're on this podcast because I am switching it up. I feel like Vaseline is like what we used as kids. Like, why aren't we using that anymore? grease the kid up, every single diaper change. Um, But then, you know, close to four or five months, and this is going to depend a lot on the child developmentally speaking in the sense of can they hold their head up and are they thrusting their tongue out, but just starting eating, we just don't know until you eat it. Like, you just got to eat. And so starting sort of early with fruits, vegetables, and then pretty quickly going through sort of those top eight allergens. Um, What are they? So uh, milk, egg, wheat, fish, shellfish, peanut, tree nuts, sesame, soy. Um, And generally speaking, in an order of like wheat, and then milk and then egg um, and then obviously peanut very soon. And they also now have it in pouches. So there are brands where you give your baby like these like mini pouches that have these different allergens in the pouches. So even though they can't eat a nut or an egg or like soy, like things like that, they can be in a a packet. Exactly. So that's what we started doing for Isabella because we were trying to introduce everything early. I mean, when you say at what point do you, does Dr. Lee start seeing patients for Isabella? I was like, I'm pregnant. Now tell me what to do. It's like, she's born. Now tell me what to do. (laughs) Wow. Um, But so we gave her all of these pouches as early as we could as, you know, when she was having that And what were the first symptoms of Isabella with being allergy. So, I know hers is different. Right. So when we hers gave the throwing up when we gave her one of the pouches that had egg in it, she was fine. We put her down for a nap. We, well, first we had tested everything on the skin testing with Dr. Lee, so we felt okay trying it at home. Then two hours after, she threw up. And it was, she's a baby baby. So you're kind of like, is this is a spit up? up? Is right. it a throw up? Like, so you're kind of like, what, is this a second kid? Is it a cold? Right. Is it a virus? Does this even qualify as right. throwing up? Right. So I called Dr. Lee and she's like, okay, well, I don't want to say that we're not going to try egg again. We'll see. Like, let's just like, let's be aware of it. Mm-hmm. So, and she didn't even tell me what F-Pies was or anything like that. She, she hid it from me. Yeah. And so then. She's the, like, nobody, this is, yeah. <laughs> So the the next time we gave her egg, we gave her the same pouch, and we tried to do it at a time when 
she wasn't sick. She like there like we kind of knew her baseline of where she was, and she threw up again about two hours later. So I called Dr. Lee again. I'm like, what do I do? And that's when she said, okay, Isabella has F pies, and here's what we do. What does F pies stand for? Food protein induced enterocolitis. Wow. Which is why I say F pies. Yeah. Is that like what it's called, F pies? Or do you just call it that? No, that's. I feel <laughs> okay. like, no, I feel like that's. In, in the, there's an ICD-10 code for the diagnosis of F pies. Okay, great. it's like a. I feel like it's a rare group of people who know what it means, but among the people that have this allergy, that's what it's called, okay. or how we refer to it. Um, so, a lot of times you think, oh, my kid is sick and they have a virus. You also don't think when you're giving your baby bananas or wheat cereal or these foods, and they're throwing up two hours later and you're giving it to them at multiple times so they're throwing up multiple times you don't realize that it's related or an allergy people must think it's acid reflux or something right like at first like i bet like young babies the vomiting is so bad you do go into the emergency room especially as like a first-time parent um and sort of time and time again (laughs) um the emergency room is not connecting it as well because it's so delayed in the sense of it's two hours later and a lot of times it's not within the first even few ingestions. I've seen it within the first 10 ingestions, for example. So like the first five times, you're like, oh, okay, you sort of marked that food off your list. You've done it. You don't even think about it. You're now then combining it with other things. You know, the kid's thrown up a few times. You go into the emergency room. It just seems like a virus every single time. So I felt really lucky that we had Isabella threw up twice and Dr. Lee knew exactly what well, it was. Well, because you already had it all in place. I, I had my system in place. So, right. so I was like, okay, now I'm calling our nutritionist because we started working with a nutritionist for Allie because she, being allergic to eggs at the time, dairy, It's nuts, like you want to make sure your kid like is she, getting the food sh- and, exactly. and the nutrients she's supposed to be getting. And she's tiny, and so mm-hmm. she wasn't gaining weight, so we needed to really be on top of it and make sure that she was going to thrive despite her food restrictions. So, and it was funny because the day before I had had a conversation with a nutritionist and she was like, Isabella is not Allie. You have to like take steps and start feeding her more proactively and not be so afraid of things. And then I call her back. You were like, (laughs) you were wrong. I told you so. (laughs) And then I called her back the next day. I'm like, so Isabella has F pies. And she's like, oh boy. She's like, now we need a whole new game plan. So I at least felt fortunate that I had that support system in place because it's when you find out about it at first and you don't know anything more than just kind of the stuff that you're afraid of, it's very overwhelming. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. 
tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Oh, I wanted to ask you, um, so do you recommend, Dr. Lee, do you recommend when people start introducing foods, like the sort of thing where it's like you do the same thing every day? I also know women who like wrote, like they did the same food every single day for lunch, and then they move that food tonight, and then they introduce a new food in the lunchtime. Is that... Yeah, I, I, I don't know that it has to be so controlled. So exciting. I wasn't. And I was controlled. like, this is making me nuts. Yeah. Especially for like fruits, vegetables, and meats, because generally they're not going to be an issue. Um, for some of those highly allergenic foods, you know, I say start with a small amount, gradually increase. Does it necessarily have to be in consecutive days? Not really. Does it have to be at the same time? No. Mm. So maybe day one, day three, day five, day seven. The goal is just to get to um, a full serving, which generally I would say with peanut, it's like two teaspoons of peanut butter, peanut powder, and you've done it multiple times. So normally, and I'm taking a history from a patient, that threshold for me is five times. Mm. The problem, particularly in a four, six-month-old, is they're not getting that much. They're not getting anywhere close to two teaspoons. So you've really got to push the amount because a lot of times that allergy is not going to be obvious until we've had enough to make it obvious. Which is probably why for Allie, we didn't realize it at first because she had had so little little of eggs and peanuts. So it wasn't until later on that we saw her reactions. My next question for Julie is 
Do you ever get like judgy moms about because I, I know as a mom of someone who's dealing with some pretty scary allergies, I've seen you as a mom in action and you have to be the advocate for your child, meaning you're asking all the other moms questions who are around what's in it. Did Allie grab it? Like all that kind of stuff, because it's on you. Right. Um, and so have you had issues with that kind of thing? We have. I have to say I've been really lucky with close friends and our community who understand that, you know, this is serious and important. And especially our close friends who know everything that kind of we go through regularly. Yeah. They're more supportive about it. It gets harder as there's school and birthday parties and things like that where – and I try very hard to not feel like I have to control what everyone else is doing but do what I have to to protect the girls. Mm -hmm. So, you know, now they can eat pizza as long as I make sure it's from a place that doesn't have egg in the dough because sometimes they do. When we get a birthday party invitation, I'll respond, yes, yeah, so excited, and then I'll also say – are you planning to do pizza or other food? Allie has allergies, so just let me know so I can plan accordingly. Like, I don't I don't expect everyone else to make an accommodation for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you tell me that you're going to have a peanut butter birthday cake, then we're, <laughs> we're not going to go because then yeah. I can't do it. And yeah. if it's brunch and you're having eggs and, like, that's your scrambled eggs is your meal, then I'm not going to go. But if you're having something that has, you know, eggs in it or things where, you know, I, I kind of have to balance the balance it and also educate Allie as she gets older. Yeah, because she's going to be responsible for herself. And so not that I would ever leave her to her own devices at this point, but she's she's pretty good. I mean, she just turned three and she knows what she's allergic to. She knows what Isabella's allergic to. She knows there's a song that she sings that has her rules of what to do. And Who like, taught her this song? Did you write this? Daniel Tiger. <laughs> Brilliant. Daniel Tiger. She's the I, most precocious three-year-old I've Yeah, she's ever the best. <laughs> What's the song? Can you sing it for us? Is it good? Oh, my God, no. <laughs> Is it like, I, love you I with can't them. eat? Um, <laughs> what are her ones again? Eggs and dairy and... She can do dairy now. It's oh, not shit, peanuts. Right. I it's grew out of dairy and I can have that now. <laughs> but she has these tools. She, she has the tools. And Daniel Tiger, it's basically the song in Daniel Tiger has three rules in it. Um, don't eat the food that you're allergic to. Ask before you eat something new. And if you don't feel well, tell a grown-up. And so Allie knows those rules. And Perfect. so she will be somewhere. You know, she was talking to her other best friend who turned three the other day. And her her friend was like, Allie, I'm going to have a frozen cake at my birthday. Like, so excited. And Allie goes, that sounds great. Does it have eggs and peanuts? Because I can't have eggs and peanuts. And her friend was like, I don't know. Like, her friend was, wow. like, very confused. Like, right. But so I have in my freezer a bunch of cupcakes and cookies that are safe for Allie that I will defrost. And I always tell Allie, I say, oh, today's so-and-so's birthday. There's going to be cupcakes. She'll say, do they have eggs and peanuts? And I say, they do, so we can't eat them. And then she'll say, but I'm going to bring one for you. Right. And she's Great. excited by that. Great. So she's, she's really good about it so far. And I love Daniel Tiger. Oh, my God, yeah. We are big fans of Daniel Tiger. Now, um, I was going to ask you, are there chances of these kids growing out of these allergies? Like, what do you yeah, see, like, so as far as— Especially for Izzy, from an FPI's perspective, A, there have never been any documented deaths. Um, and then, B, most kids outgrow. So right now, the national recommendation is um, 18 to 24 months after the last reaction, you should try it. Um, the recommendation right now is to do that in, within a hospital setting, though hopefully that tide will, will turn. You have to go do this? 
So so for our three foods, when we get to that timetable, we'll see if those are still the recommendations. The other thing for her, you said we probably will just because she has small veins and they've had trouble getting IVs. So they want to have the IV in already if she needs medicine. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Now, is there any link to... Like my husband, parents, like why is, why does a kid have allergies and why does a kid not have allergies? Like why does this happen? That's the question of the decade. It is? Are people asking (laughs) you that? Like why? Um, So, you know, we have realized some of these answers through research in the sense of early introduction. And that's probably the greatest study. It's called the LEAP study done a few years ago in England. And the reason why it was done is because we realized Israeli kids eating bomba, the peanut puff. I gave that was Albie's uh, first. Peanut, yeah, Albie was perfect. eating bombas Good. early. Um, and so they seem to have less peanut allergy than the rest of the world. Um, and so that study looked at sort of early introduction between 4 and 11 month olds for um, high risk kids, meaning moderate to severe eczema and or egg allergy. Um, So certainly early introduction, I think, sort of speaks to that. Um, There's a lot of study in medicine nowadays sort of looking at the microbiome in the sense of the good or bad bacteria or whatever the bacteria is, whether it's on your skin or in your gut and how are we affecting that. That concept of like if you have um, exposure to farm animals or are living on a farm and having less allergy has certainly been validated. So So I don't think there's one thing that's sort of causing it. My mom's like thing she says always, like, I don't know where she pulls this out but she'll just be like it's always good for a house to have a dog because then <laughs> your kid won't be allergic to dogs like she says stuff like this and I'm like where are you getting these facts um, <laughs> but I guess that that is true well it's also speaking to um, sort of going back to that microbiome in the sense of the more sort of viruses bacteria germs you're exposed to the greater variability that you're going to have and that's what we're realizing is the variability is sort of what is protected Um, But it's one of a million questions. It's one of a million probably reasons. There probably is some genetic component going from the first child to the second child is a 7% chance of having food allergy. It's not much 7%, Julie. But but that's not even that's not even me. Because we were saying they're allergic to the same food, but their reaction and the treatment and what I have to look for are completely different. Like it, it, yeah, I actually think she's my only family oh, who Louise, there are thing. two kids with food allergies. That's wine. not necessarily <laughs> rare, but like two kids with different types of reactions. Um, so I was telling her on the walk-in, <laughs> that is how special her genes are. <laughs> so are you guys like on speed? How often do you see Dr. Trisha Lee? Um, I feel like pretty regular because we do a bunch of food tests. We do because in trying to see if she can, if, you know, Allie at this point can outgrow them. We've had tests every year for her. And then to outgrow her dairy allergy, we had to start with dairy baked into food. So it was like baked milk in muffins. And then it was milk in like um, crackers or in like then it was cooked cheese and it was pizza. Then it was a glass of milk. So depending on kind of where we feel she is. We have to do multiple food challenges in Dr. Lee's office, which is like a four to five hour challenge every time. And so we've done that for eggs. We've done that for peanuts. We've done that for skin testing. I feel like we've done that for a lot. So we, are you allergic to anything? Nope, nothing. So this is like I'm, new I'm, to you. I'm, I'm is picky. Mike? Nope, neither of us. He'll eat anything. I'm weird and picky about food, but yeah, not but, allergic. Right. Um, but it's really just this generation. So I wouldn't even necessarily say it's our do generation. Do you think it's worse than ever? 
Oh, yeah, definitely, yes. Roasted peanut butter, for example, when it was introduced into Australia, you know, there was an increase in their food allergy. We've always had roasted peanut butter, and we're probably doing, you know, other things to our foods as well to sort of change its allergenicity of it. In the how we make the food. Oh, my God, this is so crazy. And I talked to Dr. Lee. I'm like, okay, so is there anything that I did while I was pregnant with Allie no. that I shouldn't do, but no. that I should do differently oh, sure. with Izzy? I'm sure. like, I'm, we're doing it again. Sure, like, yeah. And I ate less. I ate a lot of peanuts and eggs when I was pregnant with Allie. I ate much less of it when I was pregnant with Izzy because I obviously couldn't have it in the house. So, you know, neither, neither worked. <laughs> <laughs> Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu From BBC Radio 4 Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip I thought in that moment oh my god we've summoned something from this board 
This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Can you take me through when you meet a baby or something and you're testing them for allergies? Is it the same as with an adult? Like, is it those pricks? Yeah. So the way I describe it to older children, so if a mouse had a fork, this is what he would use to eat with. It's dipped into liquid and then pricked on top of the back. It's not a needle. There's no blood. We wait 15 minutes. I expect a red itchy bump. So very similar. Adults, obviously, we're doing, you know, many more. Right. Um, with kids, specifically with food, you try to be very targeted because you're not wanting to get those false positives and avoid foods for no good reason. Right. Um, so it should be, you know, specific in the sense of what have you had a reaction to? What is associated with that food? So, for example, if you come in to me and you've had a peanut reaction, up to 50% of peanut allergic kids are going to be allergic to tree nuts. So I'm going to skin test those tree nuts before, you know, we try them. Mm. It's so crazy that it's worse now than ever. I mean, I feel like that's even a thing. There's preschools that are no nut schools. Is oh, that yeah. something for our, you that you look at? So is. our school is not a nut-free school, but Allie's room is a nut-free room. Right. And so there— This is like a real thing, you guys. And I feel bad because, like, my husband's really allergic to a lot of things. But I'm always like, okay, pick your—it's fine. Like, get over it. Because his aren't— his aren't like threatening. ones, right, and they're right. life-threatening, and they're like, he gets a scratchy throat for a walnut, and he gets a scratchy throat and, like, sneezy if the apple's really ripe. Yeah. Like, all of those things, um, and sneezing a lot. And he's like, but you don't understand how uncomfortable this is. Like, this is terrible. Like It is, but it's so much lower risk to progress I'm into like, a more I'm like, get over it. Reaction. It's like right. so, I'm so, yeah. I'm so mean about it. Like, it can, so don't be so mean about it. <laughs> <laughs> be a little less mean. You're I know, welcome, I feel Adam. Like I felt much, I feel like I'm being more compassionate towards it and also being a new mom, um, getting through the fear of it and that it can still be a thing. I mean, as of right now, Albie hasn't shown any signs of anything, but I have to say I won't let him have shrimp or sushi or any of that kind of thing. But also going through it with Julie, I, I've been – my eyes have been very, very open to like, holy shit, this is insane. And that, and that should just be like a mantra of – um, parenting, right? Like, I mean, I think that's with almost every aspect in life. Until you've walked through those shoes, you don't really understand. Um, but, you know, so much of parenting nowadays is so debatable. You can find a blog to support anything and another blog to support the exact opposite. opposite. And is there truly one right answer? Probably no. not. No. And so just have empathy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also even in treatments that they're trying to do to help people outgrow, you know, the oral immunotherapy which I mean, what's you, that? I was going to say she can. You can speak to it more <laughs> technically than I can, but it's. You, I mean, maybe you explain it first. But it's something that we looked into when we talked to Dr. Lee about it and decided it wasn't right for us yet. But other people feel differently and feel strongly about it. What Very is that? So, like, what is it? So right now, the standard care for food allergy is to avoid the food, carry around your EpiPen in case you have an axial ingestion or reaction. Um, the new concept for food allergy, it's not actually not so new. There's just more data sort of coming down the pipeline is treating food allergy with um, small amounts of the food. So starting with a small amount and gradually increase. And so it's called oral immunotherapy, OIT. 
And so there will be two FDA-approved products for peanut in particular, a peanut patch and a peanut oral product. But since it's foods, you can sort of start that process before we have an FDA-approved product. And so it's pretty common, actually, all throughout the United States in that concept. Um, You know, when you look at the data, though, um, we're not necessarily curing a lot of children by doing this. And it is a very tedious process in the sense of... Sounds exhausting. And if you're doing it every day, you know, so it's like, for example, you would be doing 10 peanuts every day with a two-hour rest period. Um, And the risk of anaphylaxis is still there. And some of those kids on the 150th time that they've done their 10 peanuts, they have anaphylaxis that day. And sometimes it's because they ran around or they didn't have anything else on their stomach or a virus. The other thing is that that rest period is that when you're more active, when you're sick, like different things in your body Make you react differently. Exactly. So how are you supposed to know? So how am I supposed to explain to Allie that for two hours there's no running around or jumping (laughs) and, you know, she's an active child and I want her to be that way. And so when we just looked at kind of the risks, you know, rewards for us, at the moment it's not for us. And we're going to continue to reevaluate it. And, you know, we may feel differently about the patch when it's available because that's a little lower risk for us. Yeah, so so the risk of anaphylaxis is going to be much less um, just with the past. Though the yield is probably much less as well. But it's that we're not necessarily curing children by doing this. Um, We are increasing their threshold. So, for example, at the beginning of the study, you eat one peanut and you have a reaction. At the end of the study, you eat 10 peanuts and then have a reaction. So I do think we can increase the threshold. I just, I don't know, for a lot of kids, I don't know how meaningful that is. Most of my kids that I see, they come back to me, you know, a year later and I say, you know, are you avoiding your food? Yes. Have you had any axial ingestions or reactions? No. Have you used your EpiPen? No. And they're not doing anything on a daily basis with a two-hour rest period to accomplish that. They're just not having any issues. Yeah. So I think it's possible. I think it's just more sort of, of the cross-contamination piece of yes. it. Of like, That's definitely where sort of know. the argument is now with this sort of treatment, um, oral immunotherapy, is to protect from cross-contact. If you accidentally eat the food, no one's going to purposely eat the food, then um, you have some sort of insurance policy protection that that small amount is not going to cause a severe reaction, maybe Mm -hmm. something milder or nothing. This is like, I'm quiet because I'm like, (laughs) wow. Like this is, it's like motherhood. You just like jump in and you just... Well, that's the thing. I had, figure it out as you go. I had no choice. Yeah, it was like, no choice. It's like you're just I was like, okay, so in here this. I go, and here's what we're gonna do. Are there any other things of how we can teach kids how to be advocates for themselves? I mean, what if you're a kid that's not like Allie? Like, I just feel like yeah, Allie's Allie is so special, communicative, and she's so well spoken <laughs> at such you a young age, and and that's not every kid with allergies. So, like. Yeah. And she's helping Izzy to know that already. Right, I mean, she, cause right. Because she, she tells she's Izzy often. She's that groundwork. Right. Yeah, so um, a lot of times with schools, I'll go and give a presentation to sort of speak to what type of culture can you set up to just protect all children. Um, and a lot of times it's, you know, keeping food separate from the play areas. Um, no one's sharing food. No one's bringing any food in. You're not accepting food from anyone. So um, I think a lot of those aspects, um, sometimes the hardest people to train are family members. So when you go oh, to a family yeah. event, they just want to feed children. Um, and, and maybe it's that in the sense of um, we're not sharing our food so openly um, until we know that we're just okay with all those ingredients. And the problem is like hidden ingredients too. People don't realize what's in things. Inevitably, you know, a patient comes to me and they've had a reaction to hummus. It's always sesame and hummus. And inevitably the parents are like, oh, there's sesame and hummus? <laughs> like, yeah, you have no idea. I just thought that by right. the way. I was yeah, like, oh, no. yeah, And of course duh. you don't. I mean, I, I never thought about 
about these things until um, I did food allergy. And also it's like, oh, people understand that peanut allergies are severe, but they don't have the same understanding that other foods can be just as severe. So when I say Allie can't have eggs, and that means she can't have eggs, but she can't have eggs cooked into anything, baked it. Like, there can't be eggs anywhere. So it's like, oh, but this cracker has eggs, but that's okay. because cra- like, No, it's, like, it's not no, okay. No, not eggs okay. can't be involved in the making of this food. Exactly. And also in terms of what you can do, I think, for kids, there are kids' books about sharing your food or being aware of your friends with food allergies that we'll read with Allie and you know, starting to read with Izzy that – it's, I think they're good for kids also that don't have food allergies because yeah. it's not just about advocating for yourself, but it's about being empathetic and understanding with your friends. Mm-hmm. I need to get a list when you have time. I know you're both Yeah, very so Daniel Tiger busy. has one. I think Elmo has one as well. There's a book, uh, like I think it's called Epi the Elephant. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. the um, most useful link from just a general educational perspective is FAIR's website, F-A-R-E. And I think they're, it's like foodallergy.org or something. Um, but it's a nonprofit started initially, you know, by families of kids who have food allergy. And, and they just do a really good job at sort of putting all the material out there and providing material, whether it's for, you know, schools or restaurants, what have you. Julie, what are tips that you would give um, new moms who don't know if their kid has allergy? Or what is a tip you would give to moms who are dealing with kids who are having a lot of allergies? I think if you don't know, I think the early introduction and trying to do that, and for me, keeping logs and notes was careful, was important so that you could kind of see what what you're reacting to. Um, trusting your gut, I think, is really important because mm-hmm. lots of kids have rashes or bumps or redness, and for me, any of those things can be incredibly serious, so I don't get to ignore those. Mm-hmm. So if you see something or something doesn't seem right, Speak up, and you know, worst thing that happens is you overreacted, and that's kind of for the you know people that don't have allergies. Mm-hmm. Um, for people that do, be the advocate, do everything you have to, and also don't be so hard on yourself because it's it's so hard. And I just remember feeling so overwhelmed yeah. when both of the girls were first diagnosed. Did for, you just cry? I did. I was just like. I was how like, the what? fuck? How am I going to do this? It's like, just, it seems so, you know, monumental. You don't feel like you can ever really let your guard down, but you, you kind of get more comfortable with what your game plan is. And then when it happened with Isabella, given that it was a completely different type of allergy, I was like, okay, like I thought I had this under control. Now I have to step back. So just don't be too hard on yourself. And there are other people out there that are dealing with the same things. And it's really nice to kind of have them as support. Mm. Um, I mean, I was talking to someone who was first diagnosed and was so overwhelmed and you know, my, what if my kid, you know, can't have pizza at a party? And I said, look, I said, Allie now can have pizza at a party. I was like, but the first time she did, even though it was pizza that I brought from a pizza place that I knew she could have, I cried at the party because I was like, she looks like every other kid eating pizza. Aww. Like I was so excited. Yeah. You know, so it's emotional. It's hard. Oh, my gosh, I bet. Scary. It's your babies. It's so scary. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you. And um, Dr. Lee, what are your advice, tips? for moms who are facing kids with a lot of allergies? Yeah, so I think generally speaking... Raising kids, not facing them. Raising (laughs) kids with a lot of allergies. New moms, to to reiterate, moisturize your kids from day one. And, um, you know, I I like to advocate um, to my patients in that 
to to find that working relationship. And so, you know, if they see the first physician and they don't feel like someone listened to them or they didn't feel like they were getting the answers um, that they were expecting, maybe it is worthwhile to sort of see another physician. Um, Interestingly enough, and Sarah touched on this when we first walked in the room, was Everyone wants it to be foods, and actually, the majority of the times is it's not foods. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, if you get to an allergist and they seem very well educated and confident in what they're saying, and it's not food, then maybe it's not. Um, it's mostly what? What's the other option? Well, sometimes Skin. it's just it's just it's just not anything specific. Um, generally speaking, skin testing and blood testing for foods is only good at predicting immediate life-threatening reactions. And so if you're coming in with very good questions in the sense of, is this food causing my baby to be gassy or fussy or spitty or eczema, I don't necessarily have a great test to predict that. But if you don't eat the food, then we're putting that kid at risk of developing an immediate life-threatening reaction. Mm. So I generally try to keep the food in the diet if we can, just in an aspect to sort of create tolerance while we can do that because maybe later down the road when the skin is better because it's just most kids are going to get better from eczema, then now they've developed an immediate life-threatening reaction to that food. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a balance, um, and, and a lot of times it can take a little bit of time to sort of get to that point. Um, you know, but there's good medicine out there and good people out there, but there's also not. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Trust your gut. Um, you guys, thank you so much for thank coming you. on thank Katie's you. Crib, for sharing your personal stories, your professional stories. I'm loving your relationship. I wish you the best in this beautiful marriage. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you guys so much for coming on Katie's Crib. Thanks, guys, so much for listening. And if you liked the episode, please subscribe, rate, share it with all of your mom crew. And do you have a topic or a guest you'd like on the show? Let me know by reaching out on social media at Katie's Crib or by email katiescrib at shondaland.com. See you next week. Katie's Crib is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 